0: Every Friday at 7 p.m. I'm Joseph Bonilla. I'm the service director. If you're watching online, we wish you'd be here. But how many of you are happy to be in church tonight? I guess some of y'all are not happy. How many of y'all, right? I got this thing I'm going to I'm gonna do it with you guys. I, I'm a gym teacher, so I, I started teaching the kids how to sing if you're happy and you know it, right? So if you're happy and you know it, say elevate! elevate. No, I'm kidding. I'm not going to do that to y'all. I'm not bogus. I'm not bogus, but they love it, man. They be going crazy, like cross-eyed crazy. Yeah, I'm happy. All right, I want to see that here, amen. How many of y'all happy to be in the presence of God today? That's better. Some of of y'all happier for a new Marvel show. Some of y'all happier for a new video game. Listen, there ain't nothing better than the presence of God, okay? Nothing. We'll learn a little bit about that today, about being in his presence, but today, uh, the sermon series. Obviously, we're back in fear not, but we're going to be learning about the night. Everybody say the night. night. Sounds real mysterious. Ooh, everybody say ooh, Ooh. right? Real mysterious. That's what it sounds like, but it's not too mysterious uh, because, right, we, we have an idea what the night is according to the scripture. Let's go to Psalm chapter 91. We're going to read the whole chapter, and then I'm going to focus on a couple verses. If you got your Bible app, right, you can go there and highlight it. Or you can take notes. If y'all don't take notes in this place, it's no wonder why you guys forget what you learn. The reason why I take notes even on Sunday is because I know this is important and this will affect my life. This could help me benefit my walk with the Lord. All right. So it says in Psalm 91, this is Moses, actually. This, this psalm is ascribed to Moses. Everybody know Moses, right? Right? Moses is the guy who God used to free the Israelites right, split the Red Sea, right, the plagues, right, went on top of uh, the mountain of Mount Sinai, received the Ten Commandments. So this psalm is actually ascribed to Moses, and it's, he says, whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, this is, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely he will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence, He will cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and your rampart. You will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. If you say, the Lord is my refuge, and you make the most high your dwelling, no harm will overtake you. No disaster will come near your tent. And we'll stop right there. Amen. Praise God for his word. How many of you ever read this psalm before? If you haven't, you should, right? The book of Psalms is written by a bunch of different authors, okay? It's written by David, it's written by Solomon, written by uh, this man named uh, Asaph, written by these people called the sons of Korah, and then also there's a psalm for Moses, right? A lot of us, how many of you pray in this place? I hope I hope you guys, some of you do, right? Whether before you go to bed or before you, you know, when, when you wake up, you should be praying, maybe throughout the day. The book of Psalms was a prayer book, for the people in the Old Testament. So when they wanted to learn how to pray, right, they would go to the book of Psalms. The book of Psalms has everything about mankind in it, really. It has stuff about fear, anxiety, love, depression, sadness, joy, love, laughter. The book of Psalms has every human emotion wrapped up in prayer in here. So the book of Psalms is an awesome book. You guys should read it. And in this sermon series or in this message, we're going to be looking at this psalm. In the past, in the previous, we've looked at Proverbs. We looked at some other stuff. We learned in the first week how not to fear man, right? Because it's a snare, it's a trap to fear man. Uh, then the next week, which was last week, what did we learn about? How not to fear tomorrow, right? A lot of times we fear tomorrow. What's going to happen? What's going to happen with this? Uh, uh, what's going to happen tomorrow with my job, with my school, with my grades? Uh, will I live tomorrow, right? We, so we learn not to fear. Tomorrow, Jesus wants us to be concerned with today and eternity. Now, today we're going to be talking about how not to fear the night. And the reason why we shouldn't fear the night is because Christ is the light and he's our refuge. So Christ is the light and he's our refuge. When reading this passage, though, we got to see it for what it is. Moses, he's in a place like this. Let's get this picture up. Let's get that picture up of the tabernacle. Moses, he lived in a wilderness really with a bunch of other Israelites. And this was their source of light. In the night everyone would gather around the tent. There was a bunch of tents really, and there was this one huge tent. And that's where the presence of God would be, at the center of the camp. I'm actually having uh the, the kids I teach, seventh graders, make this replicate it, so it's super cool. Take pictures of it. But right here you see how Everyone's surrounded, and they're looking at it, and there's this bright light coming from the tent, the middle one. If that light wasn't there, it'd be pitch blackness. There'd be darkness. There was no, there were no skyscrapers. There were no planes. There's nothing but stars and the moon to guide the night, and that's that's actually not bright enough, As bright as an LED light right close to your face, right? It's not. Matter of fact, when I went camping with Jorge and a few of the other guys this summer, we went... Uh, We got, I got there at about like 9 p.m., 10 p.m., real late, and Jorge and a bunch of guys had to meet us out there, and they had lights attached to their head, right? But um, actually, you guys didn't, right? No, right? No, you guys came in there while it was still bright, and it actually turned to night once we got there, and we had to make our way all the way to our camp in the darkness. Bunch of leaves, bunch of weird things touching you, Right? Bunch of, like, like I don't know if you ever, like, heard a fly and then all of a sudden you get itchy now, right? Because you don't know if it's, all, it's on you or whatever. So I'm like this the whole time. We're pushing a bunch of stuff. We can't see what's going on. And the night is so weird, so mysterious. So there's, we don't know what's in there, right? How many of y'all ever been scared of the dark growing up? Well, you, you shouldn't be scared of the dark anymore. Don't, don't be scared of the dark anymore. Once you get to 11, you shouldn't be scared of the dark anymore. There ain't nothing there. Trust me. Ain't nothing there. I remember when I was younger, my cousin would spend the night, and I've told this story before, and he told me in the closet was a, like, monster or an alien, right? And I was like, no, there isn't. And he convinced me that there was. And then, the, you know, when it's nighttime, he comes out. So I was like, Man, that's not true. And then that night, I'm looking at my closet like I'm peering into it. Gazing into it. Then all of a sudden, I I see a shape come out of nowhere. And I start to get scared. And I start to think, man, there is an alien in my closet. And then I start asking my mom, Mom, you know, I was thinking, you know, we should get a nightlight. You know, just, just, let's just get a nightlight. My mom, she was real old school Christian. She said, no, you're afraid of the dark. You got to rebuke that in the name of Jesus, right? Ended up still getting a nightlight because I didn't rebuke it in the name of Jesus. But here's the thing there was nothing in the darkness, but it was the darkness itself and what could be there. That was scary. Now, picture Moses. Picture the Israelite people. This is a time where there's lots of war. If you read the Old Testament, there's lots of war going on. You know, people have enemies. People, have enemies that could sneak up in the night and kill you. So, in this passage, Psalm chapter 91 5 through 8, it makes it real clear on what kind of danger we're talking about, what kind of terror. It's, it's mentioning. It says right here, uh, in verse 5, you will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day. So the terror by night for them was an enemy lurking in the darkness, ready to kill them, ready to attack. And that was something that they were afraid of, that if they looked into the darkness, right, there'd be someone looking back, and then that person would kill them. That's, that's mad real. That's scary, right? How many of y'all ever walked home at night alone, and you kept you you just, you're just like this all the time. If you're from Chicago, that's kind of how you walk, right? We don't walk straight like that. Just like eh. we, we walk with our head facing backwards, right? We understand that people are crazy. We live in a fallen world. People want the advantage. People want to upper hand on you. People want to do something. And in the night, I don't know why, people feel like empowered. Really, because think about it. Not a lot of crazy stuff happens in the day. But in the night, everyone gets wild, Everyone gets night. They think they can hide in the night. See, terror and evil, it hides in the night. It hides in the night. It's it's something that we have to understand. And the reason why is because you can remain mysterious. You can kind of remain unknown. And we're going to get a little bit more into that. But everyone, say, he told us not to fear. Say, he told us not to fear. So you shouldn't be afraid. Moses is saying right here, do not fear. You will not fear. You will not fear. This is something that will not happen to you. You will not fear. You say you won't fear the terror of the night. I want you guys to understand, let's just think about it this way. The night is mysterious stuff that could affect you, that could harm you. Things that you don't know about that could harm you. Things that are kind of you think are in the distance and could harm you, whether it be in your life. I know a lot of people, how many of you got superstitious like grandmas or aunts or stuff where they're always like, you know, don't do this because this could happen to you. You know, if you, if you, uh, I know my, my wife, she has like a, she, uh, her, her family has a superstition or it's a Mexican thing where you step on a broom, you'll never get married. No? Who? No, yeah, that is, that is a Mexican thing. Or when it sweeps your, sweeps your foot, sweeps your foot. There you go. If a broom sweeps your foot, you ain't never going to get married. Right. So a lot of times we have these type of ideas. Right. We're afraid of the the boogeyman. We're afraid of what could happen. We're afraid of the deadly stuff that lurks beyond our knowledge, so we're afraid. We're, we're kind of like scared to move. We're immobilized because the word terror means a dreadful trembling, right? If you've ever seen Scooby-Doo, you know what I'm talking about. When he starts shaking, right, his bones start shaking. If you've ever been afraid because you, and you, you couldn't really talk, you're like, uh, 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 you're like that. that's really what it's talking about here, this trembling, this dread, like you're expecting something bad to happen to you. We don't need to have that. We don't have to have the terror of that. We don't need to dread this un- mysterious, unknown attack that could be coming from anywhere. We don't need to be afraid of that. If you're in a neighborhood that you don't feel safe in, don't fear. I know that's hard to say, right? Don't fear. Walt, I know for a lot of you girls and ladies, there are men there and that, that are lurking, that are crazy. For, for you guys, you know, young men, you guys could get jumped. But I'm telling you right now, don't fear the night. Don't fear the terror of the night. I know youth that have come in here, and they don't want to live for Jesus because they feel like they got to defend themselves. they got to carry on them. they got to make sure that they're aware, make sure that they're on, like they're, uh, uh, they're on the edge, ready to fight, ready to fight back if anything happens. And the thing is, as a Christian, we can't live like that. We have to live with no fear of terror of the night. Then we don't need to fi- uh, fear the arrows that fly by day. This right here. Arrows that fly by day, that's stuff you can see, stuff you know is coming at you, right? Things that you are afraid of that could kill you, right? For them, it was war. They were actually afraid of arrows that fly by day. How many of y'all get arrows shot at you here? Hopefully, none of you. If you do, listen, talk to me after service. We'll get you some help, right? But you shouldn't fear arrows by day. No one—no one's using arrows to shoot you. However, this is one thing that we can understand this is the enemy has arrows, so the, the devil has arrows that he shoots at us, lies, deception, right, attacks, temptation. These things that are shot at you are things that you see, things that you see. You see it coming at you, and you could be afraid of it. I know people that have been afraid of falling away from the Lord. They're like, man, if this happens, I'm probably going to sin, so I'm not going to serve Jesus. They're afraid of the arrows that fly by day in their lives. But i will tell you, you will not fear the arrows that fly by day. That's what Moses said. Then when we get uh, when we further on down this passage, in Moses, he's, he's pretty bold to say this, especially if he said it in 2020, uh, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. You see, in our day and age, right, there's a, four, uh, a five-letter word that we can't get out our mind. COVID. COVID. That's It's like everywhere I go, COVID. You go to the news, COVID. You you work at school, COVID, right? You go to the grocery store. It's like everywhere is COVID, 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 right? People are afraid to die. They're afraid of the pestilence and the plague that comes in the darkness and at midday. They're afraid to die from COVID. People are afraid to have their lives cut short because of this pestilence that's been around people for a long time now, for about a year and a half, and it's been killing people. People are afraid of that. People are terrified. There is a dreadful trembling of this plague. And Moses says, you will not fear this. So think about that, because there's a lot of Christians that they're afraid of it. They're scared. They're saying, no, I'm not stepping outside. Oh, no, I'm not coming within six feet, three feet of you. Oh, nope! I'm not going to church because COVID, because COVID. And COVID, what they're doing is fearing COVID, fearing the pestilence, fearing the plague. And I, I get what you're, you could say. You can say, man, well, that's kind of obvious. Shouldn't you be afraid of something that's going to kill you? Again, back to the previous verses. This is not metaphorical. There are actual arrows being shot at Moses and his people. And he's saying with gall and with, with boldness, don't fear the arrows that fly by day. Don't fear the terror of the night. These are actual things. So it's not like he's, meta, he's making a, a poem for you guys. He's literally saying these things that can kill you, yet yeah, if you have the Lord as your refuge, you won't fear it. You won't fear it. You won't be dreadful of it. You won't be living in anticipation of getting COVID, fearful, dreadful, getting the Delta variant. Will, will it hit you? Will it get you? We don't know. People that are vaccinated have been getting it. People that are unvaccinated have been getting it. If you get vaccinated, supposedly you, you get it less, but there's no, there's no 100% guarantee that you won't get it. And see, that's the thing. Will you ever be able to live with that, without that 100% guarantee? Will you ever be able to say, man, I'm taking the precautions. I can be at peace now. Most people can't. I have people that say, oh, I'll never be the same for me. I'm never going back. I'm always living like this now. Why? Because they fear the pestilence. They fear the plague. Now, here's the thing. Do you guys fear these things? Do you fear the terror of the night? Do you fear the arrows that fly by day? Are you afraid of the pestilence? These things right here... Do you have a fear of them? Are you dreadful? Are you anticipating? Like dreadful is like the anticipation. You know it's going to happen, and you're kind of waiting for it. Just like when big, big bro or, or little bro, I don't know, you know, if, you, if your little bro beats you up or whatnot, but just like when you're about to get hit by a sibling, right, or someone's going to hit you or someone, th- something bad's going to happen to you. I'm not going to lie. I have this tendency when I'm driving, and then a car seems like it's coming my way, I have a tendency to want to stop and, like, just be like a deer in the headlights, Because this dreadful fear of getting hit right there, are we like that? Are we like that when it comes to the terror of night, the deadly pestilence, COVID, right? Issues like temptation, right? Falling away from the Lord. Are we like that? Because it probably means you're not trusting in God to keep you safe. What did we learn last week or two weeks ago? The fear of man is a snare, but if you trust in the Lord, you'll be kept what? You'll be kept what? Everybody say safe. Safe. See, if you trust in the Lord, you'll be kept safe. Now, here's the thing. Scripture goes on to say this, that many people will be affected by this. So it's not like it's affecting people, right? It's not like the terror by night and the arrows by day are just made up in your mind, and the Bible's trying to gaslight the Israelites, like, oh, you don't really know what you're talking about. There ain't nothing there. No, see, the Bible doesn't downplay terror or death or or pestilence or plagues it doesn't downplay any of that but what it does is it simply exalts Christ over that so yes these things can kill you because it says right here a thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right but it will not come near you these things may kill you but we still Even though we see it happening, right? It says right here, you only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. I'm not saying people get COVID because they're wicked. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is you'll see people's lives affected by these things you're afraid of, especially when we get into the spiritual aspect. Because spirituality is just as real as the physical It's what God is saying here to us for our soul and for our benefit of our soul. It's just as real as a doctor telling you to be careful with your body. So when doctors are saying you need to take the vaccine or you're going to die, listen, okay, for sure. That's their medical advice. But if you're willing to listen to them and not listen to the scripture that says you need to believe in Christ Jesus to have eternal life or you'll die. If you keep on in sin, the wages of sin is death. Listen, you better believe that 100%. Because it's just as beneficial for your soul. Many people will be affected by the, by the night, but not us, those who trust in the Lord. You see, this is because he's our refuge. You see, I, 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 this is something that happens a lot nowadays when we talk about safe place, right? Anyone in their school have a, have a safe place for people. Like there's like a safe corner where you're at, where you get to go to. Any, of the, any people in their schools have that? Well, in college they do. So in college universities, there's little atriums devoted to people that are fragile and can't be triggered. That means things that they disagree with, things that they're scared about. They go to the safe room. The safe room is for people that are scared of their surroundings. They go there and they're safe. I want to let you know that Jesus is our safe room. So when it comes to the things that will attack us, things that will kill us, we run to Jesus. We run to Jesus, the things spiritually as well that will kill us. We run to Jesus. Whenever I'm sick, I pray. Of course, I don't neglect the doctor. Hear me out. Don't neglect the doctor. I don't say no to medicine. But I pray because I believe Jesus can heal us. Whenever we're going somewhere, I ask God to protect us because I believe God can protect us. But here's the thing, even greater, though, Because your physical body will die. I want to let you know, if you guys plan on living past 50, raise your hand. If you just plan on living past 50, raise your hand. All right, how many of you think you're going to live past 60, raise your hand? How many think you're going to live past 70, raise your hand? How many think you're going to live to 80, raise your hand? How many of you think you're going to live to 90, raise your hand? How many of you think you're going to live to 100, raise your hand? Babe, you're going to outlive me. (laughs) Because I probably stopped at 80 or something, I don't know. Here's the thing. Let's say you live to 80, you're still going to die. You're still going to die. Let's say you live to 100, you're still going to die. A lot of our self-preservation and attempt to to save our own bodies, it's all futile. Because you're still going to die anyway. You kept your body alive for a a couple more years, bravo. But you're still going to die. So what's more valuable, something that lives forever or something that dies after a while? I mean, it's kind of common sense, right? What if I told you right now, well, I know a lot of people don't use batteries anymore for anything, but let's say right now I have a phone that will never die, okay? And I have a phone that dies about like three times a day. How many of y'all going to pick the phone that never dies, Right? But let's say the phone that never dies it's, it's your it's the worst color you ever seen, right it's like brown, okay, you guys like brown okay, all right, let's say yellow for a phone case though, all right, let's say uh what's the all right let's say lime green, all right, all right, just think about your worst color right now. this iPhone is that color. It lasts forever, but you can't replace it. It is what it is. This is what you get. How many of y'all going to take the phone that dies? No, right? Because even though, no matter how it's packaged, you're still going to go with the one that lives forever. And this is why I want to let you know. The scripture is really talking about physical things. The Bible is telling us not to fear physical things. We should understand that. If you live with a fear that something's going to get you all the time, you're going to be immobilized. You're going, to be, you're going to be unable to do anything. You, we have to live lives where we're unafraid. And that can only happen when we're safe in Christ, when we have a refuge. Because Christ, right, he can keep the body safe. But more than that, he can keep the soul safe. You see, when you die, you don't just stay dead, right? Your soul goes on living. Your soul goes on living. And this is something that you can actually look up, but... Neuroscientists have now begun to understand is that when you die, that doesn't mean you die. Let me say that again. When you die, you just don't die. But there's a consciousness that actually lives past your death. They don't know for how long, whether it be 20 minutes, two hours. Of course, we know as Christians, it's eternity. If you don't wait for neuroscience to catch up to the Bible. This is what I like to tell people. Don't wait for history to catch up to the Bible, historical uh, historical scholars. A long time ago, they used to think that the whole Old Testament was, was made up. So Moses was made up. David was made up. They used to think that even Jesus himself, that was a myth. About 1950, 1960s. Archaeology started to uh, find things like there was coins that talked about the name of David, talked about uh, it was a big old tablet from Egypt that was talking about Hezekiah the king. Literally, people in the Bible that were in Israel, a place that people said did not exist. Don't wait for history, neurosciences, or anyone to catch up with what the Bible's saying. The Bible's saying you have a soul. The Bible's saying that you live on, that there is a place you go to, whether it be to hell for eternal punishment or to heaven for eternal life. You can choose. And here's the thing. If we go to 1 Thessalonians 5, 5 through 7, if we trust in Jesus, we have the light with us, and we don't have to fear the night. And with the night, I want I, 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 it, there's, there's a comparison here. The reason why the night is made in this comparison because how they used to think, right? The, God uses our language to speak to us. He uses the language of the day that it was written to speak to them. So when we look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, uh, it says this, you are all children of the light. Everybody say the light. And say children of the day. We do not belong to the night or to the darkness. So then let us be not like others who are asleep, But let us be awake and sober for those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk, get drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, putting on faith and love as a breastplate and hope of salvation as a helmet. And then we'll pause right there. You see, when we have Christ as our refuge, we belong to the day. We belong to the light. We're awake. We're sober-minded. When people are out here trying to cause us to be afraid of death, afraid of COVID, afraid of wars, afraid of what could kill us. I remember in the riots, it happened in the brickyard, I lived about four minutes from the brickyard, and I felt the dreadful fear. I felt it because people, I was hearing stories of people marching into neighborhoods, breaking into houses and killing people or injuring people. And I was like, man, this could happen to me. And I remember myself, I put knives right by my dresser. And I was like, damn, I'm going to have to shank somebody. I'm going to be asleep like, da, da, da. right? That's what I thought. But then I remember, right, the Lord convicting me because I was afraid. But you can't be afraid of trying to keep something that you could never keep in the, begin- in the first place. Listen, you can never keep your own body safe or healthy you can do as many exercises as you can you know how you know when bruce lee died you know how healthy he was at 37 they said he had the body of an 18 year old the man was so in shape that he was half his age the man was so cut i mean he couldn't even be next to paper that was a joke bad joke but dude was ripped man if you ever seen his movies i love bruce lee man wish he got saved hope he got saved he heard the gospel i know that for sure But he could not keep his body from dying. He couldn't. He couldn't. No matter how in shape he was, no matter how much money he had to go to doctors, he couldn't keep his body from dying. You see, even medication can't keep you from dying. Michael Jackson, he died from overdosing on the medicine that was supposed to keep him alive. Now, people say it might have been the wrong medicine, give or take. But that medicine was supposedly given to him for his doctor. So, understand this is like no matter what we can do to survive, we're still gonna die. But we don't need to fear that because we're awake. We belong to the day. See, we seeing the light for who He is, Jesus, we understand who we belong to. We don't belong to the night. See, many will be affected by the night, but not us. Everybody say, not us. Not the ones who have Jesus as the refuge. Is anyone anybody know 2 Corinthians five seventeen? Let's see. What's a one on one I can, can say real quick? 2 Corinthians five seventeen. I need a one on oneer. Nate, who can who can recite Second. It doesn't have to just be a one on one. Let's have a youth under eighteen. Sorry, Libney. Second Corinthians five seventeen. Who can say it? Come on, that's the first memory verse. What is it, Abby? Come on, come on, come on, there you go. Why, why are you so shy? Don't be so bashful, right? But therefore, if anyone is in who? What, Christ? What? In Christ. In Christ. What, Christ? Yeah. In Christ. I want to help you understand when you're reading the book of Psalms and it says the Lord as your refuge, understand that as in Christ. You see, the things that Jesus is talking about, When he says, believe in me, trust in me, abide in me, when anyone, and then Paul, when he says, if anyone's in Christ, if anyone lives in God, love lives in them, right? If anyone has Christ as their refuge, they're a new creation. They're a new creation. So what it means to believe in Christ is to set God as your refuge through Christ. And now, when we go back to that picture, let's go back to that picture now. Do you see those affected by the night? Do you see your friends living in dreadful fear? Do you see your friends living in terror by the night? Maybe people that are paranoid, thinking everyone's out to get them. Do you see people that are afraid of the arrows that fly by day, right? Gossipers, slanderers, right? People are afraid to lose their names, stuff like that. Do you see people living in dreadful fear? Right, you see them. They fall at your right hand, fall at your left. But here's the thing. If you you are kind of like this, right? Because the Bible actually says Christ is kind of like this tabernacle. When we walk in, right, to those gates, right, Jesus is our sacrifice. And then there's a water thing. The first thing is a sacrifice. There's a water thing right there, a water basin where they would wash themselves. Jesus purifies us. And then when we go into that big tent right there where we can go, that's the presence of God. See, in Christ, we have the presence of God. That was the light that they would have at the night. The reason why they weren't afraid of the terror by night was because they had the light of lights. They had the true light that was with them. They had the fire that would guide them by night. You see, Jesus, he's the true light that protects us from the terror of the night. He's the one that we can say with confidence, not with arrogance, because there's a difference between boldness and courage and bravery and arrogance. The guy that stands in front of a train saying, hit me, is dumb. He's arrogance. The one who tries to do something that would definitely kill him in order to show you he's not afraid, that's arrogance. But the one who goes through something that should kill him but doesn't have fear, that's bravery. That's the stuff you hear about in history when the Christians would be taken captive or the Christians would be put on stakes to be burned and they wouldn't denounce Christ. Because they were not afraid of the terror by night. You see, in John chapter 1, if we can go there, we must make the most high our dwelling. That's what it says in the book of Psalms right here. You can still go to John chapter 1, verses 4 to 5. It says, if you say, the Lord is my refuge. Everybody say, the Lord is my refuge. If you say that and you mean it, if you say it and you mean it, and you make the most high your dwelling, no harm will overtake you. No disaster will come near your tent. Now, this is real in the physical as well. I know stories about people that have prayed for things not to happen, like for them not to be killed, right? Maybe when they go overseas and they don't, they're not killed, right? Or people that pray for healing and people are healed, right? So God will protect us physically. That is the truth. Always trust in God that he can heal us. It says in the word, by his stripes we are healed. But here's another thing. There is another attack, right? We, we are in a war just like the Israelites at that time, right? Except our war is not with flesh and blood, but it's with the heavenly powers, the spiritual powers, the enemy, the devil, and his agents, his agents. You see, I'm not talking about the devil like little horns, right, and little... Uh, little creatures that are bouncing around like, you know, like, I don't know if you ever seen Lord of the Rings, not Smeagol, right? I'm not talking about this thing. I'm talking about literal ideas and thoughts coming from demonic voices. Not demonic as in like super sinister, like like the dude that's bald that created Halloween or something, Aleister Crowley, or whatever. I'm not talking about that. We got to get cartoon animated versions out of the devil. See, there's an enemy out there that wants to steal, kill, and destroy you. He wants and is seeking you out to take your future, to take your destiny, but more importantly, to take your soul. You see, why does the devil fight so hard if he already knows he lost? Like, you ever think about that? Why why is it the devil is still around? And people think that the devil has more power than God. or He has as much power as God. No, God is stronger than the devil. God actually has allowed the devil to live because there's a day he's reserved for judgment. And see, the enemy knows that, but he doesn't want to be judged alone. So what he wants to do is he wants to take all of you with him. See, he doesn't want to be just judged as the deceiver and everyone see him like that. But he wants you to follow along with him, be judged, be given the same judgment. You see, so there's an enemy that wants to kill you because he hates you. But do we fear him? No, we don't. It says in John chapter 1, verses 4 to 5, in him was life. And that life was the light. Everybody say the light. The light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. So you understand is that there was a light, and him was the light, and that light was the light of all mankind. And see, that light, the night could not overcome it. So every terror, every idea, every fantasy that you're scared of, every dreadful thought cannot overcome this light. You see, in the night... Is evil. The reason why it makes that jump and the reason why I'm making that jump from the physical to the spiritual is because they're both realities. You see there is an enemy that hides in the night. There is a devil that hides in the night. That means so you don't see him. He presents things for you to see but he doesn't show you what it really is. He hides it in the night. So you think you look at sin and sin looks real good in the night, right? Because there's a, like, you ever seen anyone in the dark, and then when the lights turn on, they look completely different? Right? When the lights turn on, you're like, whoa, (laughs) sorry, thought you were someone else, right? I remember when I was little, I was like sleepy drunk when I was like four, you know, I was like half asleep, kind of couldn't walk straight, right? And I was trying to find my mom, and I walked upstairs, and all of a sudden, I saw some woman who had darkish hair, she was darker skin. my mom was darker skin. I'm like, that's got to be my mom, so I just hop in this woman's lap. Right? It's real dark. Then all of a sudden I open my eyes and there's light and I see her and I'm like, oh, you're not my mama. And she was holding me and everything. And I was like, what's going on? And I got up and I was like, mom, mom. And then my mom was somewhere else. She, she got me and I was like, you were there. You weren't there. Right? You see, a lot of times that's how sin can be. We see it. It looks cozy. It looks good. In the dark. In the dark, it looks real good. In the dark, it looks real nice. See, the night... The terror by night, sometimes we don't know what it is. So we're kind of like going closer and closer to see what it is until it finally gets us and it devours us. But here's the thing. If we're in the light, we belong to the light. We're children of light. We're children of the day. We we are awake. We're not like those like me when I was little and I was asleep and I didn't know where I was going. Because those that don't have the light, they stumble in the dark and they don't even know what makes them trip. You see, those who live in the night that have now said to the terrors of the night, I'm going to live in the night, they're stumbling. They're tripping. They don't even know what they're doing is wrong because they can't see it. They can't see it. You ever had anyone that just cussed and they don't even know they were cussing? Like, I remember when I was young, I had friends that would cuss, and they didn't even realize they were cussing because they would cuss so much. I had friends, they were checking out girls, not even realizing it. I have friends that sinned so much and they lived in the night so much that when they did what the night did, what they looked like the night, they didn't even realize it. You see, but when you step into the light, you get to see clearly. Because you have made the most higher dwelling. Now, he lives with you. He lives in you. Because later on in that, John chapter 8, uh, go to verse 18. Later on, where we find out about the light, the light, it says right here, if we go to verse 18, just go, scroll down a little bit right there. It says, a little bit more, 14, sorry. In verse 14, it says the word became flesh. We know the word is the light. So the light actually became flesh and made his dwelling among us. So Jesus lived among us, right? He lived among the people of that day. He was like that tent. And whenever people were around him, they were around the light. And if they were just to step in to this tent to Jesus to believe in him, they would be made a light. But the thing is, right, people don't like the light sometimes. People rather live in darkness. And the thing is, when you live in darkness, you're always afraid of the terror. You're always afraid. You see, when you're in the dark, people in sin, they think they are having fun. People that live in, you may be living in sin in this place, but I'm telling you, you ain't deep enough in sin. You can go to the jungle, right? Maybe take a couple steps in. You'll be like, I'm in the jungle, right? Like if I went in the jungle and I just took two steps in, technically I'm in the jungle, right? But let's say I, took, I went three miles in the jungle. Let's say I was in the night five miles in the jungle. And all of a sudden I hear, you start hearing, ruck, 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 ruck. Start hearing these, these noises. All of a sudden I'm going to start being afraid of what's in the dark. Even though I've been living in the dark so far, I still don't know what's in the dark. You see, listen, guys, if you're in sin in this place, if we can have Melanie come up to the stage, please. If you're in darkness, if you belong to the night in this place, you don't know the terror that's there. You see, you don't know what could kill you. You don't know the pestilence. You You think COVID is bad. Sin will do more than just kill you and give you a sickness and a flu. Sin will do more than just give you blood clots. See, sin will take away your eternity. The wages of sin is death. You see, what you get from living in the darkness, living in the night, is death. We have to understand is that even though you may be saying, well, I haven't died yet. Listen, man, the night just hasn't got you yet. Only the light, only the light can overcome the darkness, right? We know this because it's simple, simple, like, simple facts, right? right? If, you're, if you're in a dark place, what do you do? turn on a light. You see, if you're in a dark place in this life, right, and there's darkness all around you, there's only one light you can go to, and that's Christ Jesus. If we have altar workers come up, please. So do you belong to the light? It's a simple question. Do you belong to the light? Do you belong to Jesus? Does Jesus dwell in you? Do you ha- have you made him a refuge? Have you made him your safe place? Have you made him the one who protects you? Have you done that? Because if you haven't, you still belong to the darkness. If everyone can stand up, please. The altar call is going to be for anyone that has lived in the darkness. And listen, when you've lived in the night, right, when you've lived in this confusion, this this terror, you're, you're scared, you're dreadful, you don't trust God with your life. Sometimes you don't even understand it, but I want you to think about it. Maybe since you're not feeling that right now, you don't know. But I want you right now to think, right? All all eyes closed, all heads bowed. I want you to think about this. Are you afraid of the night? Are you afraid of the things I mentioned, right? Are you living in the night, right? Are you constantly living in darkness? Do you know who Jesus is? Do you belong to him? Because if you don't, listen, there's nothing that awaits you but more darkness. Jesus describes hell as utter darkness, you see, a, pl- a life without Jesus is a life without the light. If you live without Christ, you will live in utter darkness for eternity. You think that's a good place to live in? No light. No warmth. Just gnashing of teeth and darkness. Why? Because that is what you get in a life without Christ. Darkness. A dark mind. A mind who's dark. Dark humor. Dark perversion dark thoughts, dark future, right, afraid of what that could give you. But when you come to the Christ, your mind is enlightened. Now you see things with a new view. You're a new creation. You see things with a new perspective. So the first altar calls me, for those who don't know Jesus, you don't belong to the light. You can just come up males with males, females with females. If you want to be born again, which means this, you're not born of God. You're made of children. You're made children of the light. You belong to Jesus. If you want to be born again, come up so we can walk you through that and pray for you. If you've been living in dreadful fear, you have dreadful fear of death. You're always paranoid. You're always scared, terrified of what could be coming to get you. Listen, you don't have to live like that. You don't have to live with that anxiety and that stress in your life. You can come up for prayer. And if you need prayer for anything else, you can come up. But as Melanie sings, I just want to invite you guys. Don't hesitate. Don't be afraid. Come up. Jesus, when he died on the cross, right, the Bible says... That he reconciled man to him. I want to let you know, or think about it this way. Coming to Jesus is like stepping into the light. All of your sins and your darkness and your evil, right? No matter how small, insignificant, oh, the light's going to be bright on it. Christ is going to shine his light on your messy room of a heart. Because of his death and his resurrection now. That heart can be made new. Don't leave this place as as one that belongs to the darkness. Become a child of God today. I'm going to say a prayer dismissal, but we're going to continue to worship and have a time of altar call. Out of respect for God and and people next to you, I want you guys to close your eyes and bow your heads. We do this not because it's commanded in the Bible. You can always pray with your eyes open, but this is done so we can focus on the Lord. You see, the Bible actually tells us to meditate, to picture, to use our imagination, right? It, It kind of tells us to do that i want to i want you guys to understand We well, think about where you're walking the bible says that uh those who live in darkness walk in darkness because they're blinded by it but if you walk in the light you have fellowship with god and his people so i want you to think about where you're walking right now right ask the lord lord where am i walking right now god am i in the light or am i in the darkness Am I blinded or am I, can I clearly see and have fellowship with you and others? We don't need to fear the night, but that doesn't mean we should live in it. Father, I pray right now, God, for everyone in this place, God, that we would walk in the light. That we would not f- have fear of the night or have fear of what could possibly happen to us, Lord, in this uh, crazy uh, year or last two years, God. Father, I I pray that we would trust you, Lord. God, you're so good and so worthy to trust. You're trustworthy, Lord. Your word doesn't fail. Your promises don't fail, God. Lord, when you say you'll protect us, God, I believe in Jesus' name, you'll protect us. So, God, I pray that you would protect every youth in this place, Lord. From physical harm, yes, God, but I pray that you would keep them safe. Deliver them from the evil one, Lord. God, I pray when temptation comes their way, God, I pray that they would cling to you that they would see you, that they would know you, that they would already be dwelling in you to know where to go, to know that the light is the place where they should dwell. God, I pray for everyone in this place that doesn't know you, Lord, to come and know you. I pray for those who do know you, Lord, that they would continue to walk in the light, God. No matter how many times the the darkness may come, Lord, your word says the that it has not overcome the light. It can't even comprehend the light. So, God, we know that you can care for us, that us, uh, that, that we can trust in you and you protect us. So I pray, Lord, that we would keep you as our refuge, not just today, Lord, but for the rest of our days. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you guys. You're dismissed, but if you need prayer, I encourage you guys to come up and receive prayer. But there's snacks in the back, so you guys can go into the foyer.